0: Welcome to the Sunday morning podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Worthing. This message is by Jonathan Dyke. How's everybody doing? You're looking pretty cool considering it's 22 degrees outside. Welcome to sunny Worthing. There's a bag there, Norton. Do you want to show everybody the bag? The yellow one. Just come up here and join me for a minute with the bag, but turn it around the right way. There you go. So these are available somewhere. It's not yours. I know no, it's not yours because yours is red. But there we go. Sonny Worthing. Julie, do you want to come and join me as well? No, that wasn't, that, wasn't a, that wasn't an invitation. It was just Julie. Just come. Julie's got a green one. Where'd you get that from? Was it like that one? But it's gone off. There we go. See, out of the voice of two. Thank you. You both look amazing. Well, good morning. It's good to see you, most of you. As you can, as you can see, technically, visually, things are just on the blink. Did you notice what I did there? But don't worry, because God is here. Uh, my name's Jonathan, as Andrew well remembered. Andrew's just come back from a month's writing sabbatical, which is amazing, because I don't think I've got enough to write in a month. Actually, I don't have that many words, um, but Andrew is very gifted uh, of God to be creative with writing. And I'm looking forward to all the books, the screenplays, the film, the Hollywood blockbuster that is surely going to emanate out of you. And the tithe will be extraordinary. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Um, It's interesting what kind of God gave Jan about Wendy. Wendy, for some of you that don't know Wendy, I got to know Wendy and her husband Frank about 10 years ago um, when they first began to come and worship Jesus here with us and um, they just became very much part of who we were and what we did. Uh, They very quickly got involved in serving others um, partly because that's what they'd spent their entire Christian life doing really Um, but they just had a love and a passion to to serve. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that in a moment. But the message for today is a life changer. So if you've got a phone, an iPhone or a cheap variety of another brand, if you've got a pad or a pen, just mark in today's date. Uh, Today's date is July the 10th. And just put in there, today my life has changed. Because... We're looking through the book of Romans as a church, and um, it's an extraordinary book. This particular chapter is probably the chapter of Scripture that I've preached on more times than any other chapter of Scripture other than the book of Ephesians. Uh, but if I just, I just want to set it contextually for you. Okay, this is what I believe God is saying to you, whether you know God that well, or whether you know him really well, or whether you just don't know him at all. There's a a bit in the Bible at the beginning, uh, in the book of Exodus, where Moses, have you heard of Moses? Moses was a basket case, all right? So remember Moses? All right, came out of a basket, lolly lolly lolly. But as he was leading the people out of captivity, uh, he ended up in a scenario where there was a huge expanse of water in front of him, and they didn't have a boat. I don't know whether they could swim or not. That's irrelevant. But behind them, they could hear the sound of their oppressors. There was a sound of war and vengeance and death was in the air and we're going to get you was was coming from behind them. So in front of them was something which they'd never navigated before. They'd spent the previous time walking around a dry ground. So there was this scenario where it was unknown. It was unnavigated. And then behind them was the sound of their past. Come on. And right in the middle of that, and I love this, it also says in the book of Numbers, is that Moses says to the people, make the most of the sound of the enemy because today you will see them no longer. I'll say that one again because that went straight over your head. Is Moses said, listen to the sound of what's chasing you, the the aggression, the the murderous chants, all of the sound of, of bondage, because today is the last day you're going to hear it. And I believe for some of you, this is the last day you're going to be chased by your past. This is the last day that you're going to be afraid of the shouts from yesterday. This is the last day that whatever comes on you is going to affect you in the way that maybe it has affected you. That's why I need to write it down. Today, I'm not going to see these enemies anymore. Thank you, Margaret. I'm just not going to have to deal with the sound of my past anymore. I'm going to speak to the people over here because they're getting it. Hallelujah. But also the choice was we're going to have to navigate where where we haven't navigated before. And there are issues around that. But in the context of this, and I'm just going to share very briefly about, for me, a privilege, the honour of spending the last hours with someone who knows Jesus. It is extraordinary, mind blowing, humbling, insightful. It is all of that plus plus more. Uh, I, short fist. About two weeks ago, I, I, I was at home doing church in home, and I felt the Lord say to me, go, go and say hello to Wendy. Wendy, as I said, great woman of faith. So I drove to the hospital. It took me ages to find it because she, her bed was like the, up here out in the middle of nowhere. Turned up. I've come to see Wendy. Wendy who? I said, the name. And they said, well, who are you? And I said, I'm her church pastor. And immediately saying that, the whole of that wing was there to serve me. Thank you, Jesus. Now, I don't do name dropping, but that was quite convenient. All right. So they ran around and said, well, we don't have a Wendy here, but I'm going to find her discharge papers for you. Don't tell everybody, because I don't think you're supposed to do that. And, and they checked the discharge papers and said, right, this is where she is. Would you like us to ring, her, ring them for you? Yeah, if you like. So this lovely uh, staff nurse rang the, the number on the, on the discharge paper and the lady answered it. And this is the first, well, the second coincidence. He knew who she was. This lady from a random nursing home in Worthing. They just, there was just a recognition. So in this journey, God was setting something up, which is extraordinary, but it gets even more exciting for me anyway. I was listening to the conversation and, and this guy in the hospital said, uh, have you got a Wendy Nelson, uh, Mason there Yep. Uh, we've got his church pastor here. And this lady said, oh, Jonathan. It's not, I, never, I never told her what my name was. So Wendy had been asking for me since she arrived. So I literally went in my car from here to there. And that Sunday, spending a few hours with Wendy, Just with God's presence, just sharing some of her excitement. I hear what I'm saying here. Because she knew in her heart that this was the end of her journey on the earth. We discussed that. We talked about that at length. What she was interested in was what kind of end would it be? So she didn't even say, can you pray for me because I know God will heal me? Because I've seen that happen. But that's not where she was at. That was not the sound that she had in her past, and it wasn't where she was navigating to. Where she was navigating to was to where her birthright was, which is to spend eternity with Jesus. And in that time, just to reinforce this lovely picture that God gave Jan, I had the opportunity to release Wendy's spirit to God. And from that moment, she wasn't in the room. you understand what I'm saying here? Yeah. Very humbling. It's, it's such a privilege. But let me tell you about this whole contents of the, of the message today, which is from Romans 8, tw- verse 28. And I love the beginning of this because there's a challenge in here as well as a statement of fact. Um, and we know that. Say we know that. Now, there's a, there's a little nuance here. Because Just because we know that doesn't mean I know that. But I believe God wants to bring us to a place where personally today we do know that. In other words, I'm not just piggybacking off the we know that, but God wants to bring me to a situation where I know that. Glory to God. And as I was just sharing this couple of hours with Wendy, what came across to me was she knew that she was more than a conqueror. She knew that her life in her soul had finished, but her spirit was going to reign forever. She knew that death was not her last enemy. Come on now. She knew that Jesus had overcome sin and death for her. Now this might be a little bit painful for some of you and I don't intend it to be. This whole message is, and we know that in all things, say all things. What does that mean? Thank you. It means there is nothing, zip, zero, nada, there's nothing that God won't use to bring a victory in through you and through me. Including me. Because I found in this moment, uh, so this was on a Sunday, and uh, I said to her, right, what do you want to happen when when we celebrate your life then? And she explained it to me and we're going to celebrate that on Tuesday the 19th of July, which is just over 10 days time. Um, Come with a lot of faith, but also with plenty of hankies. I'll just let you know that now. So on the 19th of July at Kingswood Chapel which is at the Worming Creme which is the biggest room that they can offer God is going to move powerfully through celebrating a woman of God like Wendy even though she's not in the room because there are other situations and scenarios that God wants to conquer in people and he's going to do it on that time. So Anybody can come with that. 19th of July, 1 p.m. Come a little bit early because it's going to be rammed. All right? It's the biggest room that they can hire us. But we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. Does anybody in this room love God? Yeah. We, I think we think we do. And we do our best to. But God loves me far more than I love him right now. God loves you far more than you love him right now. Because God made a choice before you had your breakfast. He was going to love you today. Even though since then I've made a load of mistakes and you probably have as well. He's still going to love me. Because he never asks you or me to do anything he's not already living and doing. God... Wants all things for those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Whether you know God or not today, God's got a purpose for you, He's got a plan for your life, and He formed and forged and formatted that plan before you or I ever existed, before time even existed before dodgy technology even existed, the plan for your life has always been in the centre of God's heart. It's always been at the centre of his will. It's always been at the centre of his mind. And as I was just sharing this, these hours with with, with Wendy on that first Sunday and the, the, the head of the nursing home was in there and we were chatting about faith and she believes in Jesus in that way and I believe in him in this way and we, we agreed to agree that Jesus is the Son of God. That's all right. And then I know people went in for the next few days and had some worship time with Wendy and prayed with her and just spent time with God. And then on the Saturday, so just six days later, uh, we just finished an extraordinary time within the life of the church where people had experienced this. We call it the freedom encounter. What's the freedom encounter? It's educating people so that they know what God's done, even though they don't know he's done it. Remember the first line, we know that. And part of freedom is to help us know what we don't know. Doesn't make God do anything. Because he's done it all, is not he? What it does is help us know what he's done. And then we live in it. And on that Saturday, literally, probably a a minute after the last session, phone rang, I thought, I know this is. And it was the lovely nurse that I met saying, this is the last moment's time for Wendy, can you please come? Absolutely. And I spent the most glorious hour and a half, two hours down there, holding Wendy's hand, praying with her, watching her slip from this wall to the next one with not a jot of fear, or anxiety, or nerves, or worry, but just a sense of, I'm coming. Come on now. And to see people transition from this world to that one, it's only happened to me a few times, and I said to Wendy, can you do something for me? She just kind of did that. She couldn't talk that well. I said, "When, when you go to be with the Lord, can you pray for us? Because that's sending her on a mission. Come on. and That's a great way to end. There's no great way to end, but that's a great way to end, if you know what I mean. So to commission someone to carry their faithfulness, to carry their love of God, to carry their knowledge of God into this next world, is such a privilege to be able to do. And I just waited there until some of her family turned up because what I didn't want is for her end to be on her own. And it wasn't. It wasn't before I arrived. Because when I went in that room, Jesus was already very present in that room. He was already there ministering to her and by the grace of God ministering to me. Now, I'm going to be sharing some of this on the 19th of July because it's important. Because these things really happened. But for now, it's just to set the context that when we know that God has conquered everything, everything, there is nothing left outstanding for God to conquer through Jesus. Here's the thing. We become more than conquerors through him. Because I'll tell you a secret. I never conquered anything but I live in the one that has. Which makes me more than a conqueror then. It doesn't mean that I've done more than Jesus, because I have not. What it does mean is that I know he has, and I live in him. It's like, I'm already a gold medalist, and I never ran the race. Because he ran it for me. My life is already rich. Not because I've earned it, but because he's given it. I'm already filled with a hope. Not because I've got a good business plan. i sorted my pension out. No, he is my hope. Hello. This is making some sense to somebody. Because I love this message. But the biggest challenge that we get is the one between our ears. We know that. No, we think we know that. But we know that. I'm just going to read through. I don't know if it might not even come on the screen. We turned them off because to be honest, it was getting a bit distracting. I'm just going to read the Bible, all right? This is the Bible. It tells us what we have. Verse 29 of Romans 8 says, For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his Son. I just made a few notes on this. For you, what does that mean? It means that before creation knew God, God knew you. That is amazing. Whether you're an evolutionist or whether you're a Darwinist, it doesn't matter. Whatever your view is, here's the view of God. He knew you before creation knew you. <laughs> woo God knew you before Monday knew you. He knew you before your bank balance knew you. He knew you before your marriage knew you. He knew you before anything else. He knew you. He knew you. It says in Ephesians 1, 3-4, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ, that he chose us in him before the creation of the world. I'll tell you what, it shows sometimes how fickle I can be is that I sometimes choose the people that I think will choose me back. God is never like that. He chose you even if he knew you'd never choose him back because God loves you. He loves you. God chose you and he chose me before creation itself. Predestined, another little word for that. It's, I know the plan I have for you. It says in uh, Jeremiah 29 11, for I know the plans I have for you, for he knows the plan he has for you. Bible goes on to say that no plan of God is thwarted. Even if it isn't how we wanted it to be, it always works out how God wants it to be because he will conquer our fears. Glory to God. He'll conquer our anxieties. He'll conquer, I believe, the very, very last part of us that he conquers is us. You know what I mean by that? He conquers my way of doing stuff. He conquers my views. He conquers my beliefs. He conquers me. How does he do that? He loves me. To be conformed or reformed. Philippians 2.13 says this, For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfil his good purpose. God doesn't work in your life or my life so that I become a better person. He works in your life and my life so people see he is the best person. So he conquers our self-image. He conquers our lack of identity. He conquers our identity wherever we are. Wherever we're identifying, God wants to conquer that so we know who we are. God conquers issues around identity, what we look like. Do we measure up? Do we not measure up? Do we look right? Do we not look right? God will conquer that if you let him. Then it goes on in, in Romans 8. We get conformed into his likeness every single time we look at Jesus. Whether you know Jesus or not, you catch something from him. Whether you read the Bible or not, whether you pray or not, every time you just consider Jesus, something happens from him to you. It says this in uh, 2 Corinthians. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all... Who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory or strength or dimension which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. God will even conquer our progress if we let him. Those mornings where we think we're doing a great job, give it all to God. It's his work anyway. In those mornings when we get up, and we think we're doing a ready job. Give all that to God because it's him that works it out anyway. We need to let God conquer our results board. We need to let God conquer our exam sheet. We need to let God conquer our progress sheet. Because everything good comes from God. Let him conquer it. Have you got that? We need to let him conquer the plan. God, it's your plan. It's going to be all right. It might be hard at the moment, but I'm not going to hear this sound anymore. Because you're going to conquer it. Come on, today, I'm not going to hear that anymore. I'm not going um, to let that sound conquer me when I am more than a conqueror in him. Glory to God. I'm, I'm going to start getting preachy in a minute. Just so as you know, this is just on kind of three on the dart. It goes up to 11. And then I love this, and I want you to love this too, that we've been called... I don't really care what the world has called you. Because let me tell you, it would have called you a million things. Waste of space, waste of time, too fat, too thin, too white, too black, too yellow, too pink, too female, too male. I don't care what the world's called you. Because God's called us. God calls you. And he calls you out of... And into, He doesn't call you by saying, look at the mess you're in. He calls you by saying, you're in a mess, I'm going to take you out of it. Because in the very vibrancy of the voice of God is the power to do what the voice says. I'll call you out of that lifestyle. I'll call you out of those habits. I'll call you out of those worries. Because the power is in the word of God. It's not in my ability to do what God says. It's in my ability to hear it and apply it. The life is in the Word. Come on. But now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, which meant you were called a twister. You were called a swindler. Guess why? Because that's what you were. He has formed you, Israel. Name change. Character change, destiny change, future change. Whoop, whoop, whoop. I know what people called me before I was a Christian, and guess what? I still get called it. But it's not the name I respond to, it's not the one that I'm listening to to follow. Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. See, Jesus conquers our birth, our past. But he also conquers any sense that we're just on our own. You are mine. I was up at one of our relating churches last week. Lovely church, lovely church. And um, similar to... um, so, really, one of the scriptures that was very relevant and real to to Wendy is, is she loves Psalm 23. Does anybody know Psalm 23? Does anybody know it? Do you know it well enough to say out the first line? Wait you have a minute. Do you know the most powerful word in that line? My. So you've heard, you've heard me preach this before. That's what you said, my. Because when we know. That Jesus conquers all, we know that he's conquered me. Every excuse, reason, rationale that I can come up with, and I used to, about God, you're everybody else's shepherd, you can't be mine. God, you love everybody else, you can't love me. God, you've done that for everybody else, you can't... Without realising it, I was putting my name above his name. And we all do that. We all do that. He says, no, I've summoned you, I've called you, I've mandated you to know me. He's conquered all of the other names that we were identified with and by. He's conquered those, said, no, you're mine now. You're mine now. So when I'm talking about we are more than conquerors, I don't mean that somehow we have to bulk up our biceps and start wearing our pants outside our trousers. It's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is we need to know whose we are, not just who we are. And there's a couple of kind of technical words which I'm just going to mention because they're really important. Justified. I I was brought up with, it's just as if I'd done nothing wrong, which is quite a good way of remembering it. But I'd really like this little bit in Isaiah. Come now, let us settle the matter, says the Lord. These are to the people of God that are just saying, oh, I don't know what's happening. Though your sins are like scarlet, they will be as white as snow. They are red as crimson, they shall be like... Well, what does that mean? It means all of our enemies, all of the the stuff that we've done, that we know we've done and we shouldn't have done, or even the things that we haven't done that we didn't realise... They leave a stain on our life. But Jesus conquers the stain. He conquers the stain with blood. And the amazing thing about this blood is it turns everything white. What it means by that is clean. How cool is that? Because some of this noise that we can hear behind us can be you'll be alright until you get it wrong. Make the most of it, you'll fail again. That can be so, I don't know about you, but that's some of the anxieties I deal with. You know, you're on the mountaintop, you've had a great time with Jesus, but wait until tomorrow when reality hits. No, Jesus conquered that reality. And he will conquer in that reality, if we'll let him. Well, I've got so much to do, so much to do, so much to do. He'll conquer our schedule if we'll let him, because we can do all things how? Through Christ who strengthens us. And then the last bit in here, because I'm just mindful of the time. glorified. What does that mean? It means we become like him. Oh, that's pretty, that's pretty awesome. And, hello, Soph. so you're pretty awesome. In this last few moments of just being with Wendy, and I mentioned already, I didn't know whether she was in the room or in another room. I would suggest that she'd probably already moved rooms, all right? But there was just such a lightness that came out of her. There was just such a glow that came out of her. But there is out of you. You see, in this world that lives outside the 20mm of glass, <laughs> I call the window, there's a world outside of there that is trying to conquer the people in it. <clears throat> Particularly now, politically, financially, the sound of war, everybody's reading the book of the Bible, oh, it's the end times. It's your end time, mate, today to deal with fear. It's your end time today to deal with who's in charge. Jesus is in charge. It's your end time today to deal with, what if I can't afford my petrol? Trust in the Lord and buy a bike. I have no idea. All I know is that God wants to conquer the things that want to lead us if they're not him. He wants to conquer the fears that are in us that try and keep us Paralyzed when he came to give us life. Uh, loads of people have come to us over these last months with all kinds of prophecies which are not God inspired, they're just blue cheese. What I call blue cheese. They just wake up, and out it comes, and it's not been tested, weighed. It's just, oh, this is the word. That's no, not. It's blue cheese. Stop watching those things on telly. It's blue cheese. I'm being flippant. But in it, what God is saying, we actually <coughs> shared some of it the, the other day. Andrew was woken up through the Lord, by the Lord. And if you haven't heard the message from two Sundays ago now, um, it's substantive. It's the heart of God. It's the voice of God. But what it talks about is how God is going to conquer the culture that we're in. In essence, I'm paraphrasing it. How God is reshaping what he's going to reshape. And part of our issue is that we want to know what it is, but he's not going to tell us. <laughs> <Woo-hoo>. <laughs> he's just going to lead us into it. And he's going to remind us that all things work together for those who are loved and called according to his person. And then verse 37, I missed a load of bit out. I missed out some lovely bits like, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? It's a rhetorical question. It's just, it's a dumb, when you read it, it's a dumb question. It's actually it's a statement. It's not a question. It's who will? Who's gonna separate you from the love of Christ? Not even you can do that. I've tried and I fail. <laughs> you can't love me. I've done Jesus just loves me anyway. And he conquers it. He conquers the reason. He says verse 37 No, just say no. Just say no as if you mean it. No. In all these things, we are more than conquerors. through him. Thank God. It doesn't say through myself. Otherwise, we'd shut the book and go and have a cup of tea and go home. It says, no, we are more than conquerors. And it covers loads of things. Trouble, hardship, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger or sword. They're all representative of stuff that goes on behind us. Fear, famine, where's it going to come from? Exposure, what are they going to say? They represent things that we're all grappling with, but what God says at the end is, no, in all things. In all things. Say all things again. So it started with all things, and it ends with all things. We are more than conquerors through him, for I am convinced That neither death nor life, neither angels or demons, the present or the future or any power, height or depth or anything else in creation. That pretty much covers everything that you will ever meet in this world. And the next one. God's got it and in it, he's conquered all of it. Let's all stand up, shall we? Nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I've missed out... 75% 75% of this because it takes 100% of our lives to live it. And it's not my um, ambition to just come and brain dump stuff on you. So, right now, if you, if you want to close your eyes, you can. If you don't, it's fine. I won't be offended. But I just want you to know somewhere, maybe in a new way, in a fresh way, that you are loved. Come on. You're loved bypass all the reason that you're coming up with right now to say, well, how can I be? I don't know the answer. All I know is you are loved in spite of all of that. So let love conquer. (laughs) You are loved eternally, unconditionally, for absolutely no reason whatsoever other than God chose to. That's the reason. You are loved with a passion. You're loved not just with words, but with deeds. You're loved by God himself. And he knew you. And he knows you. And you put those two things together. He loves you with a passion, never ending. It's fiery. It's not just there, there. But he like, says, no, you're mine. You belong to me. You belong to me, and I belong to you. And this is amazing. God is very passionate in his love. It's much more Italian than English, love, if you want to. All right. Come on, then. Come on, Norton. It's a bit more passionate. It's like, yeah, I love you too much to leave you there. I love you too much to leave you alone. I'm going to come and change you and transform you for the glory of God. And then he's called you. But he hasn't called you by any name that you've been called before. He's called you precious. Mine. The apple of my eye crown, the jewel, a son, a daughter, a member of the family, a royal person, a holy person, a set apart person, a victorious person, a conquering person, the head and not the tail, the top and not the bottom. You're an overcomer, not an undertaker. That's what he's called you. He's called you precious. Father, I want to thank you for your word coming alive in our hearts afresh. And even in these next few moments, make a decision. You're not going to look backwards or listen backwards because today you don't hear those enemies anymore. Bless you. You're not going to look for them, identify with them, search them out, or even stand with them. But no, 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 I'm going to let God conquer me. (laughs) I'm going to let him conquer me. You know, maybe you're thinking, well, I'm not a very good parent. Let God conquer your parenting. He's He's a great parenter. Maybe you're just having issues in the workplace. Let him conquer the issues in the workplace. Maybe you just don't learn very easily. Let him conquer your ability to learn. Let him conquer you. Because then you become more than a conqueror in him. If you can, lift your hands, lift your arms, let's lift our heads, let's just, just receive. Because as I was just kind of praying for this morning. I just felt the message is fairly straightforward, but our response makes the no difference. Is <laughs> that I'm embraced. I'm embraced by the conquering king. I'm embraced by Jesus, whose name is above every other name. I'm embraced by the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. His hand is in my hand. Hallelujah. He's not going to let me go. He's not going to dump me, forsake me, forget me. No, no, no. My hand is in the hand of the conqueror. He conquered sin and he conquered death. He's conquered everything that I'm walking through. And because my hand is in his hand, he makes me more than a conqueror. It's about him. It's not about me. That's it. Some of you, again, just let the penny drop moment. It's like the future, God's made my future and the past is not having me. I don't belong to my past. I belong to Jesus. Hallelujah. And if you don't know Jesus today, give your life to Jesus now. Just say, Lord, I surrender. We sang a song before, but Lord, I surrender. I surrender my past to you. I surrender my today to you, and I surrender my tomorrow to you. Lord Jesus, come and rule in my life. I give you my life. You give me your life. Me, I'm a vanquished person, but you're a conquering king. I exchange the vanquished for the conqueror. I exchange the victim for the victor. And I give you all the glory and I give you all the praise. Can anybody in the room say amen? Let's give him some praise together, shall we? Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.